0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Our global food system is a disaster. If it wasn't abundantly obvious before the pandemic, our failure to provide everyone with equal and adequate access to food was certainly brought to light by the past two years. We need to find more equitable ways to feed ourselves. We need change. But what should that change look like? And how do we enact it? My name is Nora Peachin. I'm a reporter with Heritage Radio Network and I'm spending the next year looking for answers to these questions with a research grant from the Thomas J. Watson Foundation. I'll be sharing what I discover here on HRN. I started my research in Italy to learn about the right to food. For decades now, experts have pointed to the right to food as an essential framework for building a more just food system. Here's Serena Pepino leader of the Right to Food team at the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations in Rome.
2: So the right to food is a um, basic human right recognized by the Universal Declaration, the International uh, Covenant on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights, and is the uh, fundamental right of every person to have adequate uh, access, availability to food, whether it is through... um, Economic means, uh, essentially, meaning to be able to purchase it or to produce it. Serena is referencing the
1: 1948 Universal Declaration of Human Rights, signed by the majority of industrialized nations, although not by the United States, which developed into a series of legally binding agreements, like the International Covenant on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights. To support the realization of these human rights, the UN Right to Food team produced a set of voluntary guidelines back in 2004.
2: They are a non-binding document that however refers to and recalls the entire um, human right, international human rights law and the set of obligations that the state has. Um, and it really tries to exemplify the different types of action that the states can put in place through nutrition policies, social protection, education, international cooperation. There's over 19 or 20 policy areas where that can be explored. And states don't have to do the whole of them. They can just choose the one thing, to the extent that it's context-valid and, and uh, uh, your assessment have been made.
1: Policy areas range widely, from democracy and rule of law to education and awareness-raising. The guidelines stress international cooperation, encouraging developed countries to assist developing ones and emphasizing international trade. Just a few hours north of the Food and Agriculture Headquarters in Rome, the Municipality of Milan has been working on implementing some of the UN's suggestions. The Milan Urban Food Policy Pact, launched in 2015, is an international network of around 230 cities committed to developing sustainable urban food systems collaborating and exchanging best practices. For its first five years in existence, the pact focused on recovering food waste, primarily for food distribution charities like soup kitchens and food banks. Elisa Parecca, a food policy officer for the city of Milan, explains.
3: In the first couple of years, we concentrated very much on um, how to avoid waste and of course working in the fight against food waste is connecting with how to redirect those resources to people that are in need. So in some way you have this match between the resources that are perfectly edible and the need of people and the need of associations that are actually providing for those people.
1: Things began to change, though, when COVID hit Italy. For Pereka and her colleagues, this pandemic period revealed the shortcomings of charitable food organizations and the danger of being overly reliant on them to feed people.
3: When the pandemic hit and we had this lockdown, as we all recognize this word at the moment, we actually understood how, in a, cri- in a moment of crisis and in which all the volunteers uh, were from risk. Uh, groups, uh, so because they are elderly, they are retired people. Uh, that was a moment in which the municipality actually recognized uh, not, not only from the food policy point of view, but as a, as a whole, the importance of the access to food, especially for people in need, but in general because that, it was an issue for any kind of person in Milan. Then we, we had this shift uh, and we understood in a deeper way what access to food is and how we have to provide and we have to be ready also with contingency plans for moments of crisis.
1: The Food Policy Office in Milan has turned instead towards building long-term collaborations between NGO and governmental efforts to address food waste and hunger.
3: We're trying to uh, find an integrated way to make them work together, but also to find an integrated way to actually provide economic resources for the sustainability of this kind of integration. Because, of course, you can pay for one year integrated logistics and then everything goes back to to the previous um, state. So that that's what we would like to avoid. But uh, it's, it's a much longer process because, of course, when you have a crisis, then, bam, full power... You can do whatever you want and people are actually listening. Uh, when you are back to the status quo and everything is moving, it's tough to, to bring all the people to the same table and see that if they have a shared need and the municipality can provide resources or places or other kind of uh, contributions that they should use them in a common, common approach.
1: Although this new direction in Milan's Food Policy Office still includes charity, it shifts more weight onto the government's shoulders. Many prominent food activists argue that states must take primary responsibility for feeding their citizens, rather than allowing that task to fall to charities. Nick Saul, a food and social justice activist and CEO of Community Food Centres Canada, a national nonprofit fighting for the universal right to food, explains,
4: if we're going to realize the right to food, it certainly won't be realized through forcing people to stand in lineups, navigate a range of really quite personal and difficult questions, and then be put in front of someone who, happily, <laughs> you know, with a good smile and I'm sure being as nice as they possibly can be, hand them fat, sugar, and salt. Corporate, crappy food, which is how most of the food bag system is fed. We need to give people the ability to make the choices that they need to make uh, for themselves and their families. So um, I've always framed the issue as a, as a human right. Um, Canada is a signatory to the international covenant on economic, social and cultural um, rights. And it's up to our government to respect, protect, and fulfill that right. Um, and that, that doesn't mean they hand out food at the corner of every street. It means they create um, a labor market and a regulatory legislative system that allows people to you know, work and uh, have enough money from that work to go home and fill their fridge and eat well.
1: On a basic level, as Nick points out, The act of a charity distributing free food can never provide anyone with the right to food. Individuals must be able to access the food themselves, through economic or production means. And this ability has to be legally guaranteed by the state for its citizens, with accountability measures in place. Serena of the UN Right to Food team elaborates.
2: There's one thing that I want to say that it's about ensuring that we understand that one of the biggest misconceptions about the provision and the protection, respect and fulfillment of the right to food um, is not about charity. So from the state perspective, handouts and whatever other charity mechanism for food distribution, while viable and uh, allowed in certain circumstances, such as humanitarian context or emergency context, they are not the adequate measure for provision of the right to food. But that's, of course, a very um, valid avenue that communities can put in action, that can use and utilize to uh, maybe fix some of the gaps, the temporary gaps, or help each other out, or make sure that, uh, let's say, a, f- a first level of uh, need, or rather of that entitled entitlement, it's Fulfilled, but charity is never a measure to ensure the realization of the the right to food. You must, as a state, you must put your right holder in full capacity to be able to get food themselves.
1: Even if the sort of food charities that Nick and Serena described can't achieve the right to food for their users, charity still remains central to how many of us think about meeting people's food needs and other basic needs. Policies intended to reduce food insecurity, like the Milan Food Policy Pact, often include nonprofits. Even the UN's voluntary guidelines for achieving the right to food suggest state partnerships with charitable organizations. Is it possible that charity could have a role to play in achieving and maintaining a rights-based food system? Nick says yes. For him, the solution lies in shifting charity's focus from free food distribution to addressing the root causes of hunger.
4: If you frame food as a food problem, then you get food programs and you get food charity. And no amount of food charity is going to solve the enormity of the crisis around food insecurity. And as I've said often, uh, food won't solve hunger. Uh, Income will. And so... Conversely, if you frame it as a problem related to poverty, you start to talk about policies that need to change and you talk about the right to food.
1: At Community Food Centres Canada, Nick tries to do precisely this, through political advocacy and by empowering individuals experiencing poverty and hunger.
4: It's true that it's hard to ask someone who's, say, a single mom and trying to feed three kids and have a part-time job to get involved in a letter writing campaign to to change a law or to come out to a community meeting with a politician or to go on a demonstration or do a deputation or come to the parliament building to to speak to legislators but the, but the truth is when you create spaces of respect that are built on relationships and people start to understand their struggle not as an individual flaw or like personal responsibility but rather it's part of a system that is not delivering for them that gives oxygen for people to say wait a minute I, I have agency in this conversation and my story needs to be heard and the person beside me has a similar story and together if we can talk about this stuff with enough volume and enough urgency and enough push and passion then you know change happens and i think you have to you have to come at it with a sense that change does happen right martin luther king says the arc of the moral universe bends toward justice and uh but he also it's clear that it just doesn't bend on its own like people have to be involved in bending it and so it's incumbent on an organization to create a a sense that Change A is possible. And B, those who are experiencing the problems in the first place, their voices are are needed in those conversations. I think the two key ingredients you have to build in in a community setting is a sense of hope and self-worth. Because if you don't have hope and you don't have self-worth, it's very hard to change personally or you know, from a community perspective or more largely a societal perspective. And hope is built in action. And action is about getting involved and understanding that. Change only happens when you fight for it.
1: Back in Milan, I looked to Caritas Italia, one of the biggest and oldest food charities in the country, to see how they're thinking about the right to food and political advocacy. Caritas runs food pantries and soup kitchens around Italy. Here's Andrea Fanzago, a specialist in food poverty for Caritas, with translation from his colleague Giovanni Carissimo.
5: Per uh, carità ciò che spetta per diritto, Hmm? E il cibo deve essere un diritto come
6: l'istruzione, come la sanità. Claiming for the right to food is part of our mission. Um, because we think that food is a right, not, not just uh, an object of charity, okay? Even if we help people, it's our responsibility to help people uh, to, to have food to, to live. But uh, we cannot forget our uh, aim of advocacy towards institutions in order to guarantee the right to food. Using another metaphor, if we see an, an elderly uh, person um, trying to cross a river, we have the responsibility to carry on our shoulder the the, 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 peop- the, the, the person uh, to help her, him or her to cross the, the river. But uh, uh, secondary we have to claim towards institution the construction of a bridge in order to allow everybody to cross the river
5: Contemporane- è un'azione congiunta quella che mettiamo in campo uh,
6: we, we have to work uh, on the same time on both sides uh, when we help people in need we, on, we are able to uh, show that there is a need in in our society. And this is an instrument to work on advocacy, on the advocacy. And uh, it's a way to um, claim towards institution uh, to implement policies against uh, food poverty and in general to answer the needs we observe in society. Uh, For that reason, every year, we publish. We have um, a research center in uh, inside the Caritas Ambrosiana. Every every year we uh, publish a poverty report that we explain and present to to the city and the uh, the society around us, with the figures, uh, analysis of uh, character characteristic of poor people and so on. So, we try to use the uh, everyday. Uh, work on uh, on uh, helping and uh, give food to, to, to the poor in order to work on uh, on the ad- on the advocacy side
5: raccolto dai centri di ascolto Quindi nello stesso tempo noi facciamo le due Thanks
1: to its size and its ties to the Catholic Church, Caritas wields significant political power in Italy. These factors also mean access to a lot of capital to use both for advocacy work and for food distribution. In these realms, the charity is very effective, but when it comes to empowering the public Caritas serves, I was less convinced. Instead of encouraging people to advocate for their own rights, Caritas seems to define empowerment as educating individuals on food waste and proper budgeting while leaving the political advocacy work to the Caritas staff. Here's Andrea.
5: Promozione umana, quindi evitare l'assistenzialismo. We
6: try to uh, mm, to empower people, not to just uh, give them food. okay, And, uh, and to teach poor people uh, how to effectively use food in order to avoid waste. But uh, it's very important for Caritas to work on this kind of education. You know, it's non-formal education and uh, uh, everlasting education we can see. Uh, So education and uh, human promotion, we call it. So empower poor people. Non si può dire etico, come si può dire
5: attento a non sprecare.
1: Many charities operate on the understanding that people experience poverty because of personal failings. They're wasteful or irresponsible, they lack motivation to work. My conversations with Caritas staff and volunteers, and what I learned of the charity's policies, although it may have all been well-intentioned, it often echoed this mindset. A group of volunteers at one Caritas listening center in Milan described to me how users are given money in the form of rent and utilities payments made directly by Caritas on their behalf, or they're given points redeemable at the food bank's where they're limited in what products they're allowed to purchase in order to ensure that they spend responsibly.
3: Ecco, secondo me, anche avviene questo che i punti non è che possono prendere loro 5 bottiglie d'olio perché no, una. Cioè stanno attenti.
6: One of the rules you probably saw in any guarda is that uh, there is a limited amount of. Uh, uh, Certain goods, for example, you you have to you can just take one bottle of uh, olive oil, for example. And uh, another thing, uh, Raffaella said is we prefer not to give people money because they are not sure how they spend that money. Probably they they will spend in not in, in food or uh, necessary goods. So. In this way, we, we are sure that people uh, take food, the food that they need to
3: manage their domestic economy. Caritas
1: If someone wants to continue receiving Caritas services, they have to return every six months to a listening center, like the one where I spoke with these volunteers, and explain why they still need aid. Volunteers will assign these Caritas users specific goals, like finding a job or enrolling in english lessons and assess their progress on these goals in order to decide if an individual deserves further aid.
5: If after 2
6: years you are not able to reach your goals, um, you have less aid. Which means you are not allowed anymore to uh, to enter the empowerment uh, system uh, because we try to foster self-activation and self self empowerment. If after a, a a long period you are not able to do your part, uh, of course you're not uh, uh, left alone. Okay, but you have less aid because we, we want to. Uh, give the possibility to other people to um, who, uh, work on their own legs.
1: To me, these rules felt patronizing and not conducive to an environment that empowers people experiencing poverty or helps them achieve the right to food. Further, the Caritas food shelves and soup kitchen I visited in Milan reminded me of the sorts of food charities Nick criticizes, often offering salt- and sugar-loaded, processed foods, forcing people to jump through all sorts of administrative hoops to prove their deservingness. Despite all of this, the Caritas users I interviewed had only positive things to say about the charity. Here's Luca, a volunteer and user of Caritas services in Bra, a small town about 150 kilometers southwest of Milan. Luca also lives at the Caritas Bra Center.
5: Allora, io praticamente vivevo, fatto un percorso in comunità di otto anni per problema di alcol dopo la separazione.
1: Luca explains that he would struggled with alcoholism for eight years after separating from his wife. One morning, he decided to experiment with volunteering at Caritas. He didn't know much about the organization or how it worked. He came in, asked if he could help, and started to volunteer. He cultivates a small vegetable garden, works in the food bank, helps out with lunches. He describes it as the most beautiful joy the opportunity to resume a life of meeting people, getting to know them, being in a beautiful and nice environment.
5: Uh, che avevo di riprendermi in mano un po' la vita, di conoscere persone, conoscere loro e conoscere l'ambiente Caritas Comera. L'ambiente Caritas è è molto bella.
1: For Luca, the experience of being able to give back as well as receive aid is essential. He enjoys that his days are occupied with work that feels meaningful and further connects him to the Caritas community. He also praised the social aspect. Luca joins Caritas staff and recipients for a daily lunch in the cafeteria and often cooks dinner with other residents at the center. He says, practically for me it has become like a family, a family where there is sincerity, respect and honesty. This is a good thing, especially when it comes from the heart.
5: This is a good thing, especially when it comes from the heart.
1: Even though Luca and other Caritas recipients had only good things to say about the charity, I didn't get the sense that any of them had been encouraged by the organization to participate in political advocacy or activism, which, according to Nick and other experts in the field, is essential for making real progress on the systemic causes of poverty and achieving the universal right to food. As much as the charity may be successful in advocating on behalf of its users, no one at Caritas seemed particularly concerned with inspiring the people directly affected by poor policymaking to participate in this advocacy. I spoke with Giovanni, Andrea's colleague at Caritas, and the translator for our earlier interview, to understand why. In his free time, Giovanni participates in radical activism in Milan around food insecurity and poverty.
6: I told you once that, in my opinion, we, in Italy we have... Um... Very rooted um, Catholic mindset. Okay, uh, even in the radical uh, environments, uh, we have uh, somehow uh, very present in our uh, mindset and, and mostly in our action, a Catholic way of acting. So, in the traditional Catholic uh, uh, way of uh, life, okay, charity is. Uh, very important point. But charity is just uh, giving food to poor, so giving money and uh, hope that uh, for, a, for, for, for a while it will be enough, okay? It's not empowerment charity.
1: For him, this mindset is not the answer.
6: Because I see the quest of, uh, for rights, uh, the, claims, the claim for rights, very connected to the... Um, the idea of of uh, struggle and conflict, okay. Since we are not very able in uh, pushing uh, the people who help uh, towards uh, um, claim for their rights, okay. So we are not uh, helping them in organize a protest and in general organize um, a struggle. We are not uh, we are not making progresses towards the um, the, the, the right of food, the right to food.
1: Giovanni shared with me his vision for a future in which the people working on food insecurity do center their work around empowerment and movement building. He envisioned greater cooperation between traditional charities, like Caritas, and radical projects like the ones he participates in outside of work. He feels such collaboration is especially urgent now.
6: I think that the poverty situation uh, will get uh, worse. In the next month, because uh, we are facing a stagflation uh, period, so prices are raising. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cost of uh, energy bills is rising, and will will be rising in winter when people will need to heat their homes. So uh, the, the 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 situation will will get worse and worse, and uh, a collaboration between different um, or, um, organizations will be not just possible but i think somehow will be necessary i have the feeling that uh, public institution has ha, have not uh, r- the resources and the will to 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 to, to face the situation with stronger Politic, political measures. For example, it uh, it looks impossible to establish a minimum wage, for example, as we discussed uh, some weeks ago. And um, there is a strong campaign against uh, uh, the um, unemployment subsidies, for example. So, if institution at all levels from municipality to national level or even european has not the the, the will to face the situation with political um, acts probably the uh, society from from the bottom okay uh, had will have to to face somehow the situation and that's when a collaboration between uh, grassroots organization, I mean, a radical grassroots organization, Catholic charities, and so on, uh, could be possible.
1: Moments of crisis tend to spur change. We saw it happen with the COVID pandemic. Perhaps, as Italy enters yet another tumultuous period, Giovanni's vision will come true. But, as Elisa Parecca of the Milan Food Policy Office described in our earlier conversation... It's not easy to maintain that progress when an emergency subsides.
0: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. HRN On Tour is powered by Simplecast. This episode of HRN On Tour was produced in part by generous funding from the Julia Child Foundation.